Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to our show. We have gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the multiverse, two of the nerdiest geeks to be found. We proudly present the professor and her geeky girl, Mr. Self, Ace. And now it's time. Geeky Cool presents Professor and Ace. Everybody, welcome to Geeky Cool Presents Professor Nace, episode 12 of season 2. I am excited because we've got one of my favorite comic creators out there, uh, Tom Hutchinson of Big Dog Inc. Um, I, I met Tom at a convention shortly after you guys got started. And uh, I, I've been following around kind of like a puppy dog the entire time, but uh, <laughs> because I, I really like Tom, I like his writing, I love his artist he grabs, and uh, I, I like Big Dog Inc. a lot. So I am excited to have you here, Tom. You, you know I'm a fanboy, and uh, so we Ace is not with us right now, or, or we, you know also known as AJ. I don't know if she's going to make it tonight or not. Hopefully she'll be able to pop in and join us here soon. But if not, it'll be Tom and I. So for those of you out there checking us out, if you got questions for Tom, please let us know. We are glad to ask him anything. Um, we are going to talk about his Kickstarter and about how that's going for his 13th year anthology he's doing. But then we are going to talk about other comic stuff and anything in general. If you guys want to know anything, Tom did say he is a, uh, a stereo expert too. So if you have <laughs> stereo questions, but no, um, seriously, if you got questions for Tom, let us know guys, and we will, we'll get this started. So, so Tom, tell us about when the Kickstarter went up and how you guys are doing. Yeah. Oh, uh, we just launched, uh, Saturday. We were going to do it, uh, about 10 days earlier, but, um, I was on the road with cons and stuff. And mm -hmm. then it was like the 4th of July happened. And I was like, this is terrible. All this is bad. So I just pushed it back uh, so that we could, we could kind of market it all week last week and get people really ready for it. No one else was on the road for the 4th. I was like, yeah, this just makes sense. So we launched it Saturday uh, afternoon as we normally do, sort of our normal spot, mm -hmm. Saturday at noon Eastern. And um, it was, it was immediately bananas. Uh, we did almost 10K in the first 24. Uh, uh, first, not even the first 24 hours, uh, the first 12 hours, which is basically right. Kickstarter's day. So at midnight, it, it ends and then it gives you a little chart of where you are at the end of that day. So in our first 12 hours, we did 10K, uh, woke up the next day and, and we ended up doing another like $2,500 for the next next day. So it just it went crazy um, way beyond my expectations. Uh we're, we're currently right on the edge of 15,000 as we start day four. Uh, we have well over 200 backers. We already have uh, one of our books has already sold out. Um, it's it's just like, wow, this this uh, I guess I did it right by by, you know, holding the reins back and sort of getting everyone chomping at the bit. And, uh, and away we went. Well, you sure did. You definitely did. Let me pull this up and have it join us with your page here. And I do have the Kickstarter information listed into the site. So if you guys are watching us on YouTube, it's down below on Facebook. That information is there. And we will go over that again so you guys can make sure you get there. But it is Big Dog Inc. 13th Anthology Celebration. 
So I, I want to talk a little bit because on the cover, the very first thing is a girl in a cow outfit. <laughs> and I know we talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago at a con. Yes. But uh, tell us about why we have a girl in a cow outfit, Tom. Yeah, because because you noticed, right? Like that's half the reason is like, why is that girl in a cow costume? Like I'm going <laughs> to click on that picture. I want you to know what's going on. Um <laughs> So uh, so the character there, for those that don't know, we have a new superhero character that we've been sort of developing over the past couple of years in the background. Uh, her name is Blue Jay, and she's sort of a social media uh, uh, using superhero. Um, and so um, we haven't really done a lot with her yet. Uh, we've She's appeared on a few covers just sort of as, as first appearances. She first appeared officially in our camp crossover summer camp parody mm -hmm. um as chloe that's her, her her real you know self um that was her first appearance and then she was on a a cannonball run homage cover that we did uh for the 40th anniversary of cannonball run right. um she was on some camp crossover covers and then i wanted to put her in here so the bd13 anthology it's we're, we're sort of playing on the idea of pg13 right like right. as soon as i got to like hey this is like BD, BDI is 13, like all the, it was sort of like when I did Legend of Oz, the Wicked West, like, you know, you had the Wicked Witch of the West, you had the Wild West, like just terms started, you know, blending right. together. And so PG-13 became BD-13. And then I just, when we did this campaign, I wanted to just sort of embrace the idea that, you know, Big Dog Inc. is, is in their teen years now. Um, and so we decided to do, we I decided to do uh, a little more risque stuff that we don't always do in our campaigns. But again, you sometimes just kind of want to embrace the fun of it all. Right. right. So, uh, yeah. So Blue Jay is is in the campaign in her sort of normal context. She's in her blue costume uh, doing her selfie pictures. And then there's another shot of her uh, sort of in her lingerie getup. Um, and then so with with uh, lately we've been doing this. Um, uh, little setup called that we call BDI 365. So uh, every day on the calendar is some kind of weird day, right? We all know right. things like Fourth of July, all the normal holidays, but then there's stuff like Batman Day, uh, you know, things like that. And and comic book publishers have used those for years. Star Wars Day, right? Like, right, right. Um, and I'm like, man, that's that's so boring. Like everybody does the same thing all the time, and so. In 2020, this is the first time we did it. Uh, I wanted to find a, a a holiday, a day that that we could kind of make our own. That wasn't one of the normal things that everyone else was doing. And that's where I found Goth Day. May 22nd is literally World Goth Day, and so we attacked Goth Day big time, and people really loved it. Uh, it has become now an annual event for us that people look forward to. And so from that, I started to think, well, what else is there? And we've found other things. There's bikini day and there's uh, underwear day and there's princess day. And uh, earlier this year, we did alien abduction day. March 20th is alien abduction day. Yeah. So again, I started making this list of all these holidays and I came across July 11th, which is no joke, cow appreciation day. I'm like, what in the world does that even mean? Um, but you know, I knew that it was going to be happening as we were doing this campaign. So right. when I told Brian, I was like, Brian, look, we're going to do this, this two pack of Blue Jay covers. But I also want you to do, uh, I also want you to put her in sort of this, this cow costume. And we're going to release that um, for Cow Appreciation Day. as sort of like a bonus 
specialty thing. Um, now, of course, since I pushed the campaign back, we didn't get to quite have the pomp and circumstance of it within the campaign. But when July 11th came around, we used it as our marketing to, you know, to lead up to the campaign. So when we launched the book, you know, the cow cover was available. Um, and, uh, and, th and that's what that is. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. You told me that story and I just been like, that's hysterical that you would do cow appreciation day. Cause I don't think Marvel and DC are doing cow appreciation day covers. Probably not. No but, one is doing but, this. And I, I'm doing, I'm doing all of the things uh, that no one else knows how to do. Like this is the I whole point. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. This I is the whole that. point. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be know. boring. Do something different. And you got to appreciation day is different as it gets. Yeah. You got to make it weird. And we, we have plans. Uh, uh, so we have one more of those special days this year. Uh, that we're doing, that we're focusing on. Technically, too, because we released Princesses versus Zombies on November 18th. That, that'll be on Princess Day. But we've already done that one. So that's kind of right. a, that's sort of an annual thing for us. But uh, in September, we have one more specialty day. Um, sometimes these are just covers. Uh, like in the case of the Cow Appreciation Day, mm -hmm. it's just a cover, just for fun. Uh, but like with um, Alien Abduction Day in March, uh, that was actually a, a, a new story. We did a little right. mini eight-page story to go with alien abduction day so um our next day which we're not revealing yet but it's already being worked on um is in september uh and that will also be a little eight page story to go with the covers as well so um that was kind of what happened with goth day is like we just did covers and people really liked it and i was like well i don't want to just like do covers every year like that that feels right. a little cheap somehow uh and so i developed a a, a goth world uh, for our characters to exist in you and sure it allows me to, to modify the characters as we want them to to all fit together because like we're not marvel right so like spider-man and the punisher can can you know meet each other but dorothy gale and critter can't because they exist right. in different worlds but right. in the goth world we can do whatever we want we can pull from anything that we have and just sort of create this new this new sandbox um, and like I said, it's gotten really, really popular. We just did our third one this year. CB Zane and I, uh, have mm -hmm. been working on this now for a long time. Um, and, uh, as, as I've told some people, we have two more and then we're done because I'm not going to do it for the rest of my life. So, <laughs> so well, got, they will have a finale, uh, in 2025. It'll be our last got, they book barring something crazy happening of course and and if all of a sudden you know our campaign goes from 15,000 to 25 i might have to listen and be like okay i guess you guys really want more we'll find a way to do more. Uh, but the plan is to do those five issues and kind of have a nice you know put a little bow on it right uh, and uh and then on to something else and if somebody which does has read your goth day who owns your goth day comics we appreciate it it is a lot of fun. <laughs> that world is crazy and fun. And uh, I, I read the first issue and went, what am I reading? Okay, well, I like it. So that's good. <laughs> so we're going to keep reading. So yeah, but no, that that's amazing. But um, so, uh, oh, so I'm expecting a lot of our listeners are going to go out there and pull open the calendar of the weird holidays and look for September and see if we can figure out what is BDI going to do for September? Because now you've got my curiosity peaked on what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's and that'll be game. part. Yeah, that'll be part of our, our. We'll have a primary campaign in September. We're going to be doing the um, the Critter Trade paperback, mm -hmm. Volume Five. Finally, get that in print. So that'll be the September campaign. 
But then within that, just like we did with the with the cow day here, um, within that campaign, we will offer the uh, the specialty day book as well. So it'll be a uh, little bonus material within the campaign. As a critter fan, I'm telling you guys, I'm a fanboy. As a critter fan, I'm excited for that because I I, I love me some critter. She's an amazing superhero. And we can talk a little bit about her later because I know that's kind of where you, you kind of started this whole thing was with the idea of Critter. Wasn't the first comic you did, but uh, Critter is very important to your story. Well, so. she was the first comic I wrote, but it just turned out that because the artist was faster for Penny for Your Soul, that book got released first. Sure. Otherwise, Critter was first, but um, Penny was released first. Yeah. Yep. I knew I knew she wasn't first, but I knew that she was the first one you'd created. Mm -hmm. it, didn't you have her like a long time in your head? You had kind of yeah. written her out for a very long time before you actually sat down and actually wrote the script for her? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she yeah. was, well, she was, originally I wanted to be an artist way back in the day. So uh, I got tired of like drawing the X-Men or whatever. And so I just created her to draw. Right. Um, and uh, she just kind of stuck with me. And you know, over time, I would redesign the costume. Um, as I was redesigning the costume, that's where sort of stories started to come in. Like, okay, she's wearing this now. What's this story? She's wearing this now. What's this story? Um, and that's where kind of the idea came from. Well, wait a minute. Can I make a comic book? Like, maybe I can actually use this and, and do something with it. Right. Um, and so then I started to actually focus on okay, let me see if I can do this. How do I write a script? How do I find artists? Like, how do I do this? Um, and that's kind of where it all came from. And then when I, I got to a point where I was trying to design the costume, I had some basic ideas, but it wasn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not an artist and I, I, I needed help. So um, I reached out to, uh, to the art community and I was like, look, I need someone to help me design these characters that I have in my brain. Um, and that's where Adam Withers came around, mm -hmm. Adam Withers and, and, uh, Comfort Love and, and, yeah. um, they stepped in and, and designed Critter and, uh, a bunch of the other characters. Uh, so I had something visually to, to look at when I was learning to write a script. Uh, cause if you know what the characters look like, it's a lot easier to write what they're doing. If you know true. what they're wearing and what gear they have and whatever. Um, so yeah, so that, that's where it started. And, um, you know, it's, I always, you know, I started with superheroes because I felt that while I didn't know how to write a script or I didn't know how to do anything yet, um, I understood the genre of superheroes because right. I had grown up with it. So it was just 30 years of osmosis of comics at the time. Just like, I think I understand superheroes. So let me start there and build mm -hmm. this world, build this character, you know, whatever. And, um, it, I mean, it was shaky, man. It was shaky. Uh, and and the 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 final story that we got that was Critter Number Zero, um, mm -hmm. that was actually a script I wrote on a plane, because I had written a script that I was done. I was like, okay, I think I got it. I think this is it. And before I got, I was going on a trip somewhere. It was a family union or something. I read it like a few days before and everything was like, no, I don't like this anymore. This is not good. Um, something's wrong. And so on the six hour trip from California to the East coast, I rewrote the entire script on the plane. Uh, and that is the script that then appeared 
in Critter Zero. Um, wow. And that was my that was my first ever finished script. Um, so there we were. There you were. That's that's pretty cool, Tom. Wrote it on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do something. I mean, when, when you got six hours to kill, yeah, you know, there was no iPads or anything back in the day. So, you know, what, what am I going to do for six hours? Uh, the, some my, my kids wouldn't know what you're talking about. No iPads, yeah, no, no right. phones. What? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let, let's look through here a little bit. We're going to scroll down a little bit. So, of course, you know, the big um, BD13, just like what you said, looks like PG13. We got anthology there. Um, yeah, so this is, this is going to be a three-story book, guys. Mm -hmm. So um, each one of the stories spins out of one of our existing books. So the first one is called Yeehaw Vampires. It's a spinoff nice. from Ursa Minor. Mm -hmm. um, basically what happened was the character on the right there, that's Daisy. Uh, she was a character that we did with Ursa Minor as just a cover for fun. We were doing this series of, of covers called Lost Girls. Yep. And basically the idea was we were taking 80s sort of characters, turning them into vampires, putting them on covers. Uh, so we had like Madonna as, as one of them. Uh, we had like the girl from the ZZ Top video was one of them. Right. And so this one, we did like Daisy Duke. And so uh, she was wearing black shorts and top and whatever. Um, she's leaning against the General Lee, except on the top, instead of the, the, the stars and bars or whatever they call it, um, we had the Transylvania flag on top, uh, nice. and then it says um, Vlad the Impaler instead of the General Lee on the side. So, <laughs> you know, it was such a great cover. Um, and uh, I, I the, as soon as I looked at it, I was like, oh, my God, this is like this is something like this is a, this is a thing. Right. And uh, and I showed it to a friend of mine, Allison. And um, I was like, here, look at this. And she comes back and she's all yeehaw vampires. And I was like, oh, my God, like that's. <laughs> It just happened. Like it just happened, just like that. And I was like, "This is a thing. We're going to turn this into a story. This is going to be ridiculous and fun." Uh, and 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 here we are. So that was the impetus for it. And then that idea, I was like, "Well, I don't know how to do this. I don't know where to put it." Um, but I knew that for our 13 year anniversary, I knew I, that we wanted to do some kind of just weird book, uh, really? sort of outside the norm. All this whole year is just outside of our norms, and that's where the idea of just like, "Hey, well, I could make this like." part of an anthology um and then i could get some other writers to join me and we could have a cool little you know um collection of of writers and artists and different characters and i think that would be fun and that was where this whole thing came from so yeehaw vampires that's daisy and dawn uh this is their first appearance uh, outside of the covers they've been on covers but as far as right. the story it's their first appearance it's their origin story how they kind of found each other um and uh it'll like all of these stories will be 10 pages long um and um so that image right there is actually the cover that you can get a little later on done by mm -hmm. fabio Samao. but the interior art is done by carlos reno uh and if you want to scroll down you'll see some of the pages carlos and gat melvin this is the same team that does our legend of oz book yeah so we got to put them together to do a little fun side story and it looks amazing so basically the idea here is is that um, so that's Dawn there, the blonde. Um, in the world of Ursa Minor, vampires are very well known. I mean, they just, everybody knows that they exist. They right. are part of society. And so this is a uh, uh, bunch of country kids 
who know that there's vampires hanging out in this house. Um, it's one of their, bir their birthdays, and they just want to go hang out with the vampires for, for, for a birthday party. <laughs> and so they go in there, they, they knock on the door, uh, they get the invitation in, and you know, away we go with the story. So um, that's, that's more or less what we've got going on here. So again, it's the origin of Daisy and Dawn and kind of how they get together. So you get a little Thelma and Louise, you get a little Dukes of Hazard, you get a little you know vampires swirled into the mix, uh, and that's what we've got. That's awesome. Yeehaw, for sure. That's right. <laughs> it, it looks amazing. And of course, I do know them from the Legend of Oz series. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So, and then slip Slipstream. Yeah. yeah. So, Slipstream is part of our Critterverse. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, Pat Shand actually wrote Slipstream about 11 years ago. He did a one shot as we were expanding the Critterverse back then. Yep. And as soon as I was like, well, I need writers, he was the first guy. Uh, I was like, okay, um, do you want to do a thing? And he was like, yeah, I'll do a thing. What do you want me to do? I said, you can pick whatever you want to do. This is the whole point. Like, pick a character and go. And he wanted to write more Slipstream. And I was like, that's works for me. Um, expands the Slipstream that we know. It, it brings Critterverse back into uh, the, the visibility that we need for next year. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, away he went. So, uh, Pat's great. If you don't know Pat Shan, look him up. Uh, he's a great writer. He's worked for Zenoscope. Um, he's written a lot mm -hmm. of licensed stuff like angel and charmed. Um, mm -hmm. and he's worked for us a few times. So now we're, now we're getting him back. That's wonderful. And slipstream basically is an alien entity that has the ability to, uh, sort of, enter and understand and and construct uh uh sort of her own reality through stories whether they are actually written stories like you'll see here in the the sample pages she actually becomes slipstream through a kid's comic book um so she comes to earth uh you know sort of blends with the earth story right there right and mm -hmm. and sort of gets right. like the the mud rock costume. And then she sees the kid uh, drawing this, uh, this comic book. Um, and the kid is basically drawing this girl who is uh, a girl that he likes and he's turned her into a superhero. So she goes into that comic book and comes out of it as that character that he, uh, uh, that he created and she becomes slipstream, but she can go into uh, you know, like we just saw, she can go into that image or she can go um, connect with people uh, mentally and sort of enter their, you know, memories and so on. Right. Um, and so, uh, so that's basically slipstream in a nutshell. Yeah. That's and then awesome. Jason Hay here is our, uh, is the artist on that. He's a guy that's been working for us now for quite a while. Um, love what he's doing. He's just leveling up at every, every step. So uh, it's going to look amazing. That's awesome. I and then third yeah. is right. Princesses versus Zombies. Mm -hmm. uh, Stephanie Menard is a local writer around here that I've known for years. I've talked to her many times, like, let's get you to write something. But because we don't do a whole lot of books, I write them all. Um, right. There just wasn't anything for her to do. So I knew that uh, this was an opportunity to introduce, again, a new princess that would then, again, lead us to the next step in where we are, which will be mm -hmm. Princesses versus Zombies in November. So I, I I messaged her and I was like, well, look, let's. Do you want to write a, a PVZ book and uh, essentially introduce the new princess, which is Jasmine? You can see right there. And she was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, she has written a bunch of horror stuff in the past, so this was right up her alley. Um, Chow Mahato and uh, Chris Chua are the series artists. 
Um, so when you see the pages, that's that's what all of the other PVZ books yeah. look like. So it's all, you know, uh, a very consistent art style for the series. Uh, it looks fantastic. And um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and then I'm so this story introduces. Yeah. So this introduces Jasmine, but then it'll lead her into the, the PVZ book in November, which will put her as part of the larger group, too. And for anybody that's not checked it out, if you want a fun story, PVZ is, is great because you've got Disney princesses basically in a world with zombies mm -hmm. and they're, they're having to kick some butt to survive. And, and it's just a ton of fun. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun book to write. Um, I bet. <laughs> yeah. And so there's, there's another image. Yep. Right there. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, Mike Chrome there. Oh. Um, so there, if you don't know us, all of our social medias are right there. Super, whatever, whatever you like to use, just click on it and, uh, we'll take you right there. Get you hooked up. Super easy. Yep. Yeah. We've already unlocked three stretch goals, almost four. So Bun Young has been doing these, uh, these chibi images for us for, mm -hmm. uh, for years now, really. Um, and, uh, we've been turning it. We used to do some stickers. Uh, now we've turned them into magnets. Um, so you're going to get uh, the, the Jasmine magnet right there. That's already unlocked. Uh, then we have um, a bonus pinup by Narsley Osusa. Uh, so that's just sample art of what he does. But um, we actually have all of the backers get to vote on, on who they want him to draw. Uh, so we're going to wrap up that voting tomorrow and then he can get started. Um, so if you're a backer, there is... Um, one of the updates in there, you can go in and actually vote for whatever character you want uh, to have drawn. And then we, uh, yesterday we unlocked uh, Slipstream Magnet. Yep. And then we are about 200 bucks away right now from mm -hmm. unlocking another bonus pinup that you guys will get to vote on. That'll be amazing. That I'll need to get in and vote since I do have my... Uh... Since I am already back, so I want to make sure I get the vote on. So. <laughs> yeah, right now the leading vote getters um, are. Oh Jesus! Holy cow! Um, <laughs> oh okay, yeah, no, we're still like two hundred bucks away. Okay, um, so the leading vote getters right now are um, our Jungle Girl book. So uh -huh. Tina, the jungle girl, she has seven votes and then Dorothy Gale has five votes. Um, so, you know, and there's other characters to vote for, of course, but um, we, we're going to wrap up voting tomorrow night, tomorrow night. All right. yeah. So you got make one sure. more day to vote. I'll make sure to get that. All right. And then of course at 17,000, we've already got it set up. That's your Daisy doom uh, uh, magnet. Um, nice. so we'll, we'll get there pretty quickly. Uh, and then, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's what we have set at 17,000, but you know, we're going to get past that. So we'll add more add-ons or not add-ons. We'll add more, um, stretch goals as we're going along. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys will be sailing past that. So that, that's great. All right. So, um, for people that are interested, of course, go to the Kickstarter. We've got uh, information for how to get the Kickstarter. Also, if you go and, and search for Big Dog Inc., you can definitely find the Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. Big Dog Inc. Kickstarter. All I did was type in Big Dog Inc. on Google earlier, and boom. First thing that came up was this Kickstarter. So Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
So it's something you guys can find pretty easily. But again, we've got it listed there because we want to make it easy for you. So sure. you can click on that link and it'll take you right there. There are a bunch of variant covers. There is a bunch of other cool stuff with this. There, there's your um, Yeehaw Vampires, your Slipstring cover, and your Jasmine for the Princess covers. And then there's some very cool variant covers here, too. So, um, so you're sold out of the butts up, which I thought would probably sell out pretty quick. Yeah, and, and 48 honestly, hours, it was gone. Yeah. So it was funny because I looked at that cover and went, you know, my wife probably would frown at me for that. So <laughs> not that she would would probably say anything, but it'd probably be a frown. I'm like, okay, let, let's just get one of the other covers. But yeah. Um, and then of course your um your blue jay right there. Yep. Cover. Um and catnip. Now catnip is an interesting character, so that's really cool. Yeah, so catnip is our uh, our is the goth version of Critter, right? Um, but then this version that you're seeing here, this is her summer camp edition. Like I said, we do that camp right. crossover book, yep. where again we take all the characters out of their normal world and put them in a different you know world. So it's sort of summer camp parody. Right. So that's her summer camp, you know, get up. Right. Um, and we do fifty of these mystery boxes. These are all halfway sold out already. Um, so we do fifty of these mystery boxes. Um, and that is exclusive to the mystery box, the TikTok style um, uh, cover there. And then also you get that um, Cupid, which is like an acrylic standee. So it's like uh -huh. one of these right here. Yeah. So that is part of the box um, when you get as well. Yeah. If you want to. And so actually this is catnip. Her, this is her original let me, let me zoom um, in there for you. There you go. standee from a couple of years ago. Yep, yep, that's awesome. And of course, I've got the uh, Dorothy standee that you, you sold me at the last convention. Uh, yes, and, yes, and, yes, and yes. I, uh, and I love my Dorothy standee. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, let, let's bring it back up here. But that is cool. That is awesome. Pull that there so we can. Okay. So, yep. Okay. We'll do it over here. Wasn't letting me do what I wanted to. Of course, you can get the all-in package for two hundred dollars, which you get a lot of comics for that with a lot of amazing yeah, it's a, covers. Yeah, it's a discounted rate. Uh, yeah. Also, all the prices that you see includes your shipping, so there's mm -hmm. it's not like two hundred plus more money. Yeah. It's just that's it. Um, you can see you do get the Virgin edition of the catnip. Um, yeah. that's the other way you can get that. And if you buy the 200 pack, you get the, the Cupid standee as well. So, um, it's See, a pretty good go. value for the whole thing. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Well, and I was going to mention that, that that has been something that has been amazing is that I'm not having to pay extra for my shipping. It's all included in. Mm -hmm. So then you just have to realize, Oh, I'm going to pay $15, $25, $200, whatever it is that you're wanting to get. And then you get it. You get it sent to you, and it always comes perfectly wrapped, Tom. I just want you to know, every time I get one, I'm like, oh, wow, I need to learn how to do this if I'm going to sell anything on eBay because you wrap those perfectly. There's never a problem. That's good. That's what we try and do. Yeah. Okay, so we got some foil covers also coming up here. Got your catnip foil and the Muje, which I think is great. Color your Muje. Mm -hmm. um, for the um, for a cow costume, 
Um, so I guess you, the foil cover for the butts up is available. So yes, because those are printed to order. Uh, all of the foils and metals are printed to order. So if okay. we get orders for you know twenty seven, that's we're making twenty seven. Well, we'll make more because the artist has to get some comps. But that's right. our base. You know, that's the base. Uh, and then we we make a handful of extras. Um, but all the metals and, and foils are printed to order, so they're very, very limited. So get your limited edition today, guys. Yep. And service there. All right. And then this is, if you guys aren't familiar with Big Dog Inc. stuff, we have we have the ability for you guys to buy a lot of reader copies here. We have trade paperbacks. Yep. We have single issues, like all three PVZ books. Yep. Um, yep. If you want to read and figure out what the heck is going on at Big Dog Inc., there's a lot of ways for you to dive in. Um, these are available as as your pledge. So even if you don't want the regular book, if you just want Antoinette, you can come in and get Antoinette. Um, but generally, people will buy whatever they want from the pledge above, and then they'll add on a bunch of this stuff. Right. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So I definitely suggest um, Critter for, for pretty much anybody. I think it's a great comic um, for kids to be reading. Because it really, um, there's nothing that's been in Critter that I would have any problem giving to a 10-year-old. It, it's, it's an amazing comic. It's well-written. It's a fun story. So uh, Critter is just one of my favorites, along with uh, the, the Legend of Oz stuff. So, and, and again, everything I've ever read has been amazing. So, wow, look at that. Sold out there. That's awesome. Yeah, this is the first time we've offered some graded books. Yeah. Um, so if you guys like the graded stuff, we have 9.8s available for you. Um, a lot of these things are, you know, hard to get. Yeah. We'll and again, same thing. So even the 135, like that includes your shipping. So Right. Um, and it's already been graded, so you don't have to pay extra for the grading. It's there That's correct. For you. That is yeah. the book you're getting right yeah. there. We have one copy of each of those, and then they're wow. gone. That's it. Wow. So if you guys are in the greeting, that's the way to go. So tell me about this picture. So now you were into the art prints that we have. This yeah. is Nia Rufino. Um, oh, she did a, she did, yeah, she did a set of covers. Or it's, well, they, these were covers. Um, a very, very limited set of covers from from a few years ago. Yeah. Um, so that we have the the heavenly angel as above, mm -hmm. and then you scroll down and we get the fallen angel so below. Yeah. Uh, so we have both versions of it available there for you. That's awesome. Then we have Sora Sung's Marie Antoinette. Mm -hmm. And then we have the uh, Todd McFarlane Spider-Man homage. This was this is a really hard cover to find. This is an early cover for us. Um, it's really hard to find. Uh, and people were like, can you make a print out of it? I was like, yeah, I guess so. We can do that if that's what that's you want. And awesome. so we have the print. Yeah. That's amazing because I've never seen that cover. That is really cool. And of course, I, I've got the Spider-Man cover, mm -hmm. but uh, but that that's really awesome. And that is Marta Nael. That's Mrs. White from Princesses oh. vs. Zombies. And then uh, Glinda from Legend of mm -hmm. Oz by Mike Crone. Mm -hmm. With her six gun, which I love. That's yep. Yep. All right. So those are some of the things that you guys can get on this Kickstarter. Go check it out. Um, as you can see, there's something for everybody on here and a, a really cool anthology book to go along with it. So definitely something to go check out. So as 
I, w I wanted to uh, to mention, Tom, just because uh, I don't know if you ever heard the story, and I may have told it to you at a convention early on, but I was first introduced to you. It wasn't at the convention. It was before that. I was just flipping through a, a preview book. Back, mm -hmm. back when, when you, you were in the preview books mm -hmm. and you it was the first um, Legend of Oz, the very the, the miniseries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, very first thing and I'm flipping through and I stopped and I'm like, what a cool concept. And I was really into finding kind of indie stuff and things that were different. I'm like, so I went to my comic book guy who again is named Stu, just like uh, like from The Simpsons mm -hmm. and, and gave it to him like, I want this, order this for me. And so he did. I'm like, I, I want the whole miniseries. Give it for me. And as soon as he did, I'm like, Sue, you got to look at this. This is the most incredible thing. And uh, so I, I read that, and then I saw that you were going to be having the series. And I, I'm like, or if it's if it's coming from these guys, order it for me. And so then I went to the convention, and I forget which one it was. I think it may have been the St. Louis convention, and met you there. Mm -hmm. I thought, what a cool guy. And these comics are amazing. And so I, yeah, that was my story of how I got introduced. I just happened to be flipping through previews and saw your stuff and went, I've got to try this. Well, that's a, that's a unique story. Cause um, you know, that's, that's always one of the things with, with comics and being in the stores and all that is like, is anyone even looking at those books? Like do, do they matter even for an instant? Um and, and, and uh, sometimes the answer is no, but <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I think one of my buddies that I was in there with was talking to Stu and I was just sort of flipping through it. So it wasn't even that I was sitting down looking to find something. I was flipping through and came to it. So that was my story. Yeah. I just came to, to it and like, it's destiny. I've got to, I've got to try this. So. Well, and Oz, Oz has become easily our gateway drug uh because even if people don't know what our oz is they understand the term oz. right right uh and so it's very easy to just be like what's going on here what is this what why is dorothy you know wearing a cowboy hat and and you know so on and so on so right um oz has become our our door to all things big dog inc for the most part um and that's great. I mean, I'll take it. You know, I, I would I would love that that Critter is sort of the face of the company, but um, really, truthfully, uh, you know, the fans decide what yeah. what the you know what they understand as as your company. So, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll change that starting next year. <laughs> well, I think it's very possible because Critter is a very close second in my heart. So. I, I've got my Legend of Oz stuff, and then I've got Critter, and they're right there together. So I, I dig both of those so much. So, um, well, it's interesting because when we have, uh, we do our live shows and uh, like our live sales, and yeah. we'll get new people coming in, and they'll be like, "So, you know, where where should I start?" Um, and immediately, people in like in the chat will be like, "Do you got to start? You start with Critter. Start with Critter. Start with Critter." And I'm like, "That's so amazing because I love." I love the book. I'm really excited to get back to to finishing what will be volume six. Yep. Um, and then we have plans to go right back to it after 2025, and and knock out volume seven. Um, and uh, you know, so to so to see fans be like, just get critter, just start with critter, get that. 
uh, versus anything else like that. That really makes me happy because I love that book so much. And I'm really excited to go really give it that that power that, you know, we've been giving to a lot of the other books. Penny Frost Soul had its 10 year anniversary. Oz had a 10th. Ursa had its 10th. And so I was just like, you know what? It's just time to do this and, and really give it the focus uh, that it's never had because other books were sort of overshadowing it. And I'm right. like, forget that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you guys understand why this is good. Um, and so we, we, for a while we were dubbing the book, uh, the second best superhero comic book in the universe. Um, and we did that because Robert Kirkman's invincible named itself the best superhero comic. Right. Book right. So clearly if he's, First, we're second. Um, <laughs> so on the top of the books, second best superhero comic book in the universe. So now we're going to be rebranding as the second best superhero universe in comics. And that's gonna be it. that's gonna be how we're gonna, you know, power through and, wow. and let people know what we're doing. I agree with that. That's awesome. And you guys have a really interesting universe. In the critterverse, so I think so. It's pretty vast. I mean, yeah, for, for, for an indie book that's had twenty-five issues and some spinoffs, it's a pretty vast cast of characters. It is, um, but it. I don't think that uh, you know. I, I think it's designed so that the focus is where it needs to be. But as you're going along and you're getting these sort of branches of okay, this character does this and so on and so on. Um, that is where we are going to be able to really grow, mm-hmm. particularly when we get to 2026, when volume seven comes out, uh, because I already have plans to not only do volume seven myself, but I have plans to actually expand the entire universe uh, in a way that while I'm doing volume seven, these other characters will be getting the spotlight on them as well. Um, I've already talked to some other creators about my thought process and they were immediately like, that's amazing. And, and I'm in, so, um, we're not telling anybody what we're doing yet, but, uh, you know, when we, when we get to it, I think you guys are going to have a good time. Well, I, I can definitely see that's going to happen. So, yeah, I'm excited for that time. That's, that's real exciting to hear. So, because again, I'm a creator fan, so I, I, my daughter was, you know, probably early teens when I started reading Critter. So I'm like, hey, check this out. Because she was reading Supergirl and some other things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, check this out because this is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And she did. She checked it out and really enjoyed it also. Before she yeah. became a cheerleader and decided not to comics weren't cool anymore. Comics, were, yeah, comics are cool. See, that, that's just I teenager know. dumbness because I, I know, right? Comics are cool now, across so. the board now. The nerds have won. So anyone who's now anti-comic book, you're now in the outside. <laughs> exactly. I'm with you 100. percent I've been there when uh, nerds were ridiculed. Nerds and geeks right. were ridiculed, and now we dominate. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. And Critter really, it's, you know, it's designed to be for everyone. It's not a kid's book, right? Right. But it's, it's, it's Spider-Man, right? Right. Like anyone can read Spider-Man, you know, it's it's, it's that. So um, I, I, and and it's going to evolve because uh, finally, this is one of the exciting parts. Finally, this volume six that we're finishing up next year, it's really going to put all of what we started with into context as to what it is you're seeing. Because we have just dropped all kinds of 
threads and hints and what yep. is going on. And there's this these parallel versions of Critter and who are mm -hmm. they and what are they doing? This volume six will put all of that into position. Um, and, and with the end of volume six, we get to evolve the book as we go into volume seven and kind of take, you know, Critter 2.0 um, and, and kind of push everything into a, a new path, which is going to be really fun. That is awesome. Because you've got some characters there that have been kind of looming and waiting. I'm like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. Come on, give me some more hints. I want to know. But yeah, I, I'm excited to hear that because I've you, you have baited me for a long time, Tom, <laughs> with some of these. Yeah, 100%. The first time I read the first issue, I'm like, what? okay, all right. I, I'm, we're waiting to see because I'm excited. So yeah. Yeah. No, that's that, listen. That's all by design. I mean, I I I understand the genre. I understand what we're doing. And and you know, one of the things is with, with superhero books is like, uh, you know, nowadays everything kind of has to be part of this like larger like everything's an event, right? Everything leads to like another civil war or and another they're crisis. Not good events. It's like, ugh, God, this is this is just a focused story. Yeah. of a character that exists in a larger world yeah. Yeah. and it's more about her effect on the rest of the world than it right. is the world's effect on her um and so you know while we have large scale stories they're large scale within her you know sort right. of bubble right. um and so it has more effect on her and the people around her uh than we're worrying about you know wherever else it goes. And that'll be one of the fun things when we get to do the expansion of the, of the Critterverse is that Critter will still have her story rolling, yep. but at the same time, simultaneously, we'll have other stories being told within the bubble, but yep. same thing. They'll all be focused on them. It's not a matter right. again of like, Oh, uh, you know, this character over here is doing something and it's going to have this wild direct effect over here. Cause that's not, that's not how stories work. That's not how, any of this stuff works when you start to have to tie in everything that you do so that everything just talks to everything else it gets too convoluted right. and it, it's just it's not really i mean i hate to use this the word like it's not real like um i just for me that you know you have to have pockets of of uh, of reality right. um and right. what one character does does not necessarily affect what's happening over here now it is in the same universe so things can always sort right. of tie together right. later if there's an organic purpose to it right. um like when we did uh when we did high tide and we mm -hmm. had um mm -hmm. uh tide pool came and started to flood the world yep. uh we had high tide for the critter issues and then we did tell a a parallel story with the in crowd which is right. where slipstream is from um, as to what they were doing while high tide was happening but it really didn't affect what critter was doing it was just them dealing with whatever they dealt with while critter dealt with you know what's over here so um yeah that's that's kind of the way we're handling it well and that's that's a good way to do it that's the way comics used to be and i wish they were back to that you know you don't have to have big things and sometimes it's like four or five times a year it's like you get done with one thing and then you're going into another. I'm like, well, what's the point of this event? And then nothing really comes from those events anyway. But uh, right. I, I did want to tell you. So there's something you said there that reminded me of Chris Claremont, who uh, is one of my favorite writers, um, X-Men of the 80s, that for most people that would know that. But uh, I met Chris Claremont a few different times. And um, I'm always, again, I, I love Chris Claremont 
especially his early writings with the X-Men and everything else. So I took in my very first issue I got of X-Men that I pulled off of the rack at a grocery store back in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, whenever it was, pulled it up. It was the introduction of Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. And I had loved that comic and it was a little tore up, but I took it for, for Chris to sign. And basically I gave it to him and he's like, oh, it's this story. And, he, and I go, you know, Chris, basically this story got me hooked for a decade. You, you got me right here from the very first issue. And he goes, I did my job then. That's exactly what I'm supposed to do. So you're welcome. And I'm like, that's pretty much what you just said, Tom. That's that's what the job is, is to get you where you want more there. That's so it. Chris and Claremont are right there together. Yeah, well, I mean, when people ask me, like, who's who's your, I don't know, your favorite or your inspiration or whatever, uh, Chris is it. I mean, yeah. he's, he's one, two, three, four, five for me. Yeah. Um, so if you like Chris Claremont, you like the way that he does things, uh, you will probably like the way that I do things with well, maybe with everything, but particularly with Critter right. and particularly when we get to do the expansion of mm-hmm. it, you know, back in the day when when they were like, you know, Chris is writing uh, the, uh, the X-Men and they were like, well, let's let's expand. And they were like, well, New Mutants, like he was like, well, yeah, but I'll write it right. <laughs> like I'll, right. I'll write that. And then and That's then another exactly one. Right. Well, we're going to do a magic miniseries. Well, I'll write that. Well, I'll write that. And then eventually he got to it. He realized eventually that I can't write everything. And right. so he started to let, you know, Louise Simonson started to write mm-hmm. and so on and so on. So um, when I, there, and, and, and I, there's a great Chris Claremont um, documentary on Amazon. So I, go watch yeah. that and you'll, you'll kind of see where this happened. And so as I watched that, I kind of realized like, God, geez, man, that's, that's it right there. That's, that's my brain is I'm going to write all of this. But the reality <laughs> is, is that if you let other people kind of come in and, and you can still direct what's going mm-hmm. on. Right. Um, then, then you really start to put, uh, you know, interesting voices into this universe. Um, right. and so that's, that's kind of, there's a little hint as to, you know, how we're handling uh, Critterverse once we get to 2026. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I did not know Chris Claremont was one of your favorites or your favorite, but that makes sense. And reading your Critter always reminded me of X-Men, especially the way that you wrote um, Critter and, and the other female characters. I'm like very much inspiration from Claremont. It's what it felt like. So, so yeah, I I think that's amazing, Tom. Because I again I didn't know that was uh, that was Chris was your guy, but it makes sense to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, was uh, you know I never really I was never really like a well I did I read books when I was younger, but it reached a point where comics were what I read and that was, that was it. I put the books aside. So um, all of my comic book understanding and knowledge and, and my style of writing, which has evolved, um, you know, as it should over 13 years, uh, it all kind of came from that, you know, Um, when I had to figure out how to write a script, everything that I did was just like, well, how did he do this? And how did he do this? Um, Mm -hmm. And it started there, and then I started to find who I am as a writer, you know, and, and my right. methodology as a writer. So right. while it's still grounded in, you know, where I came from, you know, we've now found my own way of telling stories and my way of, of the visual storytelling. 
which a lot of people have come back and told me is very cinematic. It's very like, like they're like, they're reading a movie right. and I'm like, that's really good because that's my whole point. Like that's where I've sort of moved my narrative style is right. to sort of like movie style beats. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and, and people noticed and they like it. Uh, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, good. Because that's what I want to do. That's how I'm going to do this. And um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of how it's evolved over the years. That's awesome. No, I, I can see that completely from, from what reading your early stuff on, but yeah, most definitely, definitely a movie style in, in the comics. And of course you have amazing artists you work with for, everything that you've done. Um, and so the beautiful art and the storytelling with it, it just flows. It, it's wonderful. So I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Oz or, or mention Oz in uh, the fact that um, for people that don't know that have not read it, uh, kind of tell them what, what the kick is there. Why is Dorothy in a cowboy hat? Kind of how you take that thing and how you've gotten your inspiration because you've been telling stories well past the original first book. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, it's a, so it's a Western reimagining of the wizard of Oz. Uh, so instead of Ruby slippers, Dorothy's got Ruby spurs, Ruby bullets, Toto's her horse. Um, you know, the first volume, it still has all the fantasy stuff. So you'll see like the flying monkeys, the witches, mm -hmm. the haunted forest, whatever. But um, Oz as a world is sort of grounded in the Wild West. A little sort of pseudo steampunk ish, yeah. a little bit too. Um, but it, it, so it came from, um, it came from a lot of things. Uh, but like we talked about earlier, it was like sort of an amalgamation of things happening at the same time. So right. I was looking for tickets uh, to go see the, the musical Wicked uh, yeah. way back in the day. And so I was looking and looking at that, that image of Alphaba with, you know, her head down, smiling and the hat, like, yep. it's just like I saw it so many times. It just like burned into my brain. And so um, when I do uh, comic cons, I drive everywhere I go. And so, at that point where I had been doing that, I was driving back and forth to uh, Arizona and, and New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And so I was driving and, and I was out and it was just deserts and cactus and tumbleweeds and whatever. And all of the, for whatever reason, that picture of Alphabet just got like, whoosh, came back around and everything started to blend everything that I was seeing. So it was like, again, it's like you have the, the, the wicked witch of the West and then we had, I'm in the Wild West, because I'm kind of a Western fan anyway. So we had the Wild right. West. And so it was like, what if we had the Wicked Witch of the Wild West? Like, what does that mean? Uh, and so, you know, all the all the terminology started to blend. And I was like, well, if we had Dorothy, you know, um, she can't have Ruby slippers. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what would be, what would be cool alternative? Um, you know, Spurs might be kind of cool. That would be fun. Um Toto could probably still be a dog, certainly, or maybe uh, a coyote, something interesting like that. But then if it's a Western, you know she has to ride a horse. Right. Toto became the horse. Um, and it just kept evolving and evolving that way. And uh, and so that's where the, the nugget of the idea came from. Um, and so I then uh, got a hold of all of L. Frank Baum's books. Um, he wrote 14 books. And I started to read his books because I, I because I was very I had never read them before, right. um, but I wanted everything that I did 
to come from that. I didn't right. want it to come from the MGM movie or Tin Man or Wicked itself. Like there's obviously Easter eggs and stuff that we drop in, but I wanted the 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 core of it to all come from Bomb. And um, so I read his 14 books, which just got progressively more bizarre. Uh, and uh, and then I went back to the original. I was like, okay, how do I do this? Um, and I just started taking each character and like, okay, here's Dorothy. Okay, here's the witch because that's sort of your 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 key elements. Right. And then okay, what's the Tin Man? What's the Scarecrow? What's the Lion? Um, and and you just start building it. Uh, and and what was really cool was that the world that bomb created and the characters that he created are so perfect uh, that you can modify them in essentially any way. And if you are aware of bomb and what he did and why mm -hmm. you can still tell bombs purposeful story within whatever it is that you're doing. Right. So, what I've found is that people that are very traditionalist, either the books or the, the movie, the original movie, um, they're very anti me because they're like, this is not, this isn't what bomb did. This isn't what it was intended. And I'm like, yes, but I think that if you read this, I think you're going to understand that everything that I'm doing starts with him. Yeah. And then sort of just gets wrapped in a different, you know, Christmas wrapping paper, mm -hmm. but I think that you'll understand that, that we're still in the same, you know, sort of zone from a writing standpoint. And so I get invited to a show called Ostravaganza every year in New York. And I, that was the problem that I had is I had all these traditionalists going like, what are you doing? Um, and then I would get back invited again and again and again and again. And finally people were like, okay, fine. You're here like four years in a row. Like, tell me what this thing is. And I'm like, here it is. And they would buy the book. And invariably, I would get them to come back, if not the next year, that very same show, like the yeah. next day. Yeah. And then, like, I get it. You have read these books. You understand what Bomb is doing. Give me the rest of this stuff. Um, and so we've converted the traditionalists, certainly not all of them, but enough that it matters. Right. And uh, we were just at Oz for our 10th consecutive year uh, this year. Um, and it was a very different year because people were just like, yeah, man, give me this book. Like there was no hesitancy in that crowd anymore. It was just give it to me. Let's go. Um, you've become and, a staple there. Yeah. Well, yes, that's true. That's true. Um, but there's still, you know, there's still people that don't want it. Like they don't right. care. Like they're there for whoever the guests are for, you know, just like you at any Comic-Con. Like, right, I'm not here right. for you. I'm here for Tom Holland, man. Uh, you know, whatever. And then that's fine. I get it. But, um, you know, the people that did wander through and see all of the people that were making other Oz things, novels and whatever. Right. Um, it felt like the doors had kind of gotten kicked open finally. Like it was just a Good. crowd of people that were like, just show me, man. Like, let's, let's go. So it was a really, really good awesome. year. Um, and, um, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah. So Oz has become, you know, sort of our, our known title. Um, right. but, uh, and we just celebrated 10 years of it a couple of years ago. We've done five, we've done six volumes of Oz. Um, we do have another ready to go 
soon. Uh, so there will be more of that. Um, but then like some of the, as people have asked me, like, well, you know, does, is it ever end? So the answer is, yeah, everything that I'm writing has an ending. Right. Um, it doesn't mean we're ending anything anytime soon, but, uh, everything has a beginning, middle and end. There's a, there's a finale for Critter. There's a finale for Oz. There's a finale for Penny for Your Soul. Um, it's all been there from the beginning. Um, there may be some modifications to it, you know, sure. just so right. many years you change how you want to tell a story, but the right. basic element is all there and, and it will come to an end. And, um, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the reasons that I like to have so many sort of irons on the kettle pots on the kettle is that, you know, as one ends, the other one's boiling and you can just right. kind of fall back in that. Well, okay. Oz is finished now, guys, we've done, you know, eight volumes of this book. It's finished. But now we're over here and we're doing this other thing and, you know, come see this. Most of I, I knew um, from talking to you before about the uh, that you'd read all of Bond's mm -hmm. um, Oz. And, and I always found that fascinating that you were basing everything off of that because I'm like, oh, OK, I totally see that, especially reading through. I have not. I have not read all 14 of the books, but I know enough to be able to look through and see what you're doing and going oh, wow, that's an interesting interpretation of that character and yeah. how they're interacting here. So I have, I have a great appreciation for what you're doing there. So thank you for telling me the story because I always find that fun. Yeah, and it's it's not that we're adapting like book by book. It's just we're yeah. kind of taking his entire yeah. canvas that that all of this exists. Mm -hmm. And and while we're doing you know the search for Ozma, the battle with the Gnome mm -hmm. King, like we're doing these sort of bullet points Right. We're doing it in a way that we kind of weave in and out of them so that we can kind of tell our own story and right. then come back to a to a known element and then kind of do it again and do it again. Yep. So we're threading Bomb's structure with a new story. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the changes that we've made have all been really wildly accepted. Like we turned the Scarecrow into like essentially an Indian girl. She's like right. a magical Indian girl. Uh, Jack Pumpkinhead is not the the sticks with a pumpkin head. He's he's a he's a bounty hunter with a uh, uh, pumpkin uh, bandana over his face, um, but he has direct connections back to Ozma. So we still connected things the way that uh, that Bomb has, but we're doing it in a, you know in a new way. And those characters have gotten really really popular, which is cool. Um, and we finally we've just we've just gotten through the Ozma story where they found um, him turn right. him back into her. Uh, so Ozma yep. is now back. Um, we have a few new characters uh, that we've introduced that are our own characters. Mm -hmm. um, so the girl in green, that's all she's known as is the girl in green. She was introduced in the TikTok miniseries uh, a number of years ago. And her purpose uh, and, and uh, story has been revealed in this recent, uh, most recent issue, yep. uh, which I was, I was really happy with. Um, even turning tip back into Ozma, I didn't want to, originally I was going to do it similarly to how it was done in the books. But then when I got to, to tell the story, I got to that point, I was like, I have to find a different way. There has to be a different way that I can still do within bombs world and rules. Right. And so I just started doing my research and I started trying to figure out what exists somewhere that would be able to transform her, him back into her that already exists, but still makes this story, you know, it's a functional story. 
and I found the the Truth Pond. And I was Great. like, "Holy God, the Truth Pond! What?" So the Truth Pond is a is a pond that will remove unwanted enchantments. And uh, this is an enchantment. Tip is enchanted. Well, Ozma is enchanted to become Tip. So Great. you have the cool part was that you had Tip, who was still very like, well, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, like I'm, I'm tip. Like, right. why do right. I have to do this? And so the cool part of the truth pond is, is it only removes unwanted enchantments. So if tip wandered through and he didn't want it to change, nothing would have changed. So we had right. a really great story where tip had to eventually come to the conclusion that yes, this is what he wants. This is how it has to happen. Uh, and then he goes through the pond and he comes out the other side as Ozma. But the other part of the truth pond is that anybody that goes through it and has an enchantment or, you know, has an enchantment removed, they can now only tell the truth on the other side. Right. So now we have an Ozma that, well, she certainly wouldn't be like a liar, right? But now it's sort of like the movie Liar Liar, where right, you right. literally cannot do anything but tell the truth. So that'll be now part of her character as we go forward. So it was like, boom, bomb did it again, you know, and we just kind right. of took the piece that we wanted and and you know mashed it into our story and it worked great. I I enjoyed that by the way. I, I really enjoyed and, and enjoyed the struggle of tip trying to figure out really what do I want here. So mm -hmm. That was that was a really fun part. So yeah, I, I it it's it's a fun series, most definitely. So I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I'm having a great time, Tom. I don't know anybody else, but I think I think it still is pretty popular. So I, I think I think most of us that are reading it are going, crap. You should be reading this if you're not reading. And I've done that to several people that are reading comics and like, dude, have you tried this? Check this out. Just read the first issue. If you don't like it, then that's fine. And they're always like, oh, where do I get more? Exactly. So, yeah. All right. So, so tell me, Tom, I, I know you guys have a lot of different series. you got Pity for My Soul. You've got, um, and there's several other ones. What what all you guys write? What are you guys writing currently? That uh... I'm, I am currently writing, um... So what do I have to write next? I'm writing Princesses vs. Okay. Zombies for right. November. Yep. Uh, we're writing Critter for next year. Right. Um, we're writing uh, Sand and Scales, which is our new Gladiator book, like Spartacus That's style. That's right, yes. With a little extra fantasy element added into it. So Sand and Scales will be next year. Um, I am writing, so I'll be writing the Goth Day for next year. Uh, Critter, Critter and Sand and Scales are, are next year's primary focuses because sure. we want to get through all of Critter. We want to try and tell as much of the Sand and Scales story as we can in one one kind of fell swoop. Yeah. Um, I am writing uh, a, a new book for Dren Publications. Mm -hmm. um, so they 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 had a number of years ago they had a book called Plan Ten from Outer Space. Yes, they were trying to do on Kickstarter, and it didn't. Yep. It didn't go. And um, as I as I uh, uh, started doing Kickstarter and learning how it worked, I I reached out to Michael Dolce, and I was like, I think if you guys did that, like it might work. Like now, like I think it's I think now is a good time to do that again. Right. But don't do plan. And I told him this. I was like, don't do plan ten from outer space. First of all, it's already been done. That's like that exists. That's right. That's easy. But here's how you make it amazing. And so I gave them the idea of 
each decade, starting with plan nine, each decade, they had another 10 plans, you know, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And so mark it out so that, you know, where we are now, this would be plan 59 from outer space. So you get sort of the gag of the aliens are keep, they're still here. They're still doing things and they've just been at it for a long time. So plan 59 from outer space. Um, and so they put that book out and it was successful. They did, I think, two or three issues of it. Yep. Um, yep. And so Michael reached out to me and he was like, well, do you want to do plan 39 from outer space? Because now, because that's what I told him, like, once you do 59, the doors swing open and you just have endless decades in any direction right. that you want right. to do to tell these stories. So he so so plan 39 would be the 80s. Yeah. And he was like, uh, do you want to do plan 39 from outer space? And I was like, I, I could be convinced to do that probably. Um, and so they had a little, uh, a little sort of mini synopsis of, of what they wanted it to be. And I was like, okay, I, I can probably run with that. So I'm going to be starting to write plan 39 from outer space, uh, in August um, and that'll be a book that'll end up on Kickstarter sometime next year. Uh, so we have that. And then I've also been given the green light from Dynamite Comics to write another book for them, um, a new book, something they haven't done before. It is still one of the chaos universe things. Yep. Like I did yep. Bad Kitty last year for yep. them. Um, and uh, there was another character that I found that I was like, have you even done anything with this since you acquired Chaos? And they were like, no. And I was like, do you want to do something? And they were like, yeah, if you if you want to figure it out, tell us what you want to do. And I was like, Phew, yes. So that's going to be some time for next year as well. Awesome. Um, and then the goal there is to write that book and then have it have a loose tie to what I did with Bad Kitty. So that mm -hmm. when that's done, we now have a Bad Kitty slash redacted uh sort of universe that we can potentially play with if they so you know feel like they want to go down that road that's amazing um, so we have that um and then uh and then the 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 new book there is a brand new book that i've i'm working on now and it's available in the kickstarter um this current kickstarter uh is called um it's only an island if you look at it from the water and it's my my jaws sort of fan fiction uh love letter you know meta homage thing um basically i've had an idea for jaws 5 forever um with incontinuity of all the other movies right and i know that universal doesn't care so i eventually was like look i have to get this out of my head it can't sit there because it keeps right. bumping into other things and so i was like okay i'm going to tell this story I'm going to make all the modifications necessary for it to be parody, but, you know, not like comedy parody, just right. like we know what this is, wink, wink, uh, but it's not what it is, wink, wink. So, right. you know, it's not Amity Island, it's Harmony Island, you know, it's that kind of stuff. Um, so we put out a preview issue, like an a eight-page yep. preview issue. It was a, it was actually a stretch goal for, uh, for Ursa Minor. You got a free copy as we did it. For that but we overprinted it so we did like 150 copies but i'm now sold out of them i only got like 10 left and i'm like well i need more of these because i need to keep telling people that this is coming uh so we're doing a new printing uh it's available in the kickstarter as either just a reward you can just buy that if you want 
or it's an add-on so you can add it on to whatever you're doing there's going to be a little bit of an artistic change inside because there was a mistake uh from a coloring standpoint that i didn't catch so we're going to fix that um but the rest of the book will basically just be the same uh we have a brand new cover by jason hay here um which will sort of start to give you a little more of the idea of what we're doing and how we're doing it uh i love the cover it's so good um, and we'll debut the cover right now. If you go down and you look at it, it's just a black, uh, right. black rectangle. So we're going to actually reveal the cover kind of like what we had planned to do with the cow day. We're going to reveal it on, on July 22nd, which is the 40th anniversary of jaws 3d. Uh, so we'll just have a little shark celebration on the 22nd. We'll reveal the cover. Uh, we'll talk about it a little more. Um, but what we're going to do there is Jason Hay here um who did that book he's going to do the the series but we're not going to release that as single issues that is going to be our first ever graphic novel um so it'll be like a hundred page graphic novel you will just buy the whole book like boom right. here it is the whole thing and you're done um and so he's going to be working once he's done with slipstream with this he's going to just be starting to work on that in the background as we're doing all this other stuff over the next couple of years so that by the time we get to 2025 and we were, we have this book on Kickstarter, it's, it'll be mostly done. Um, so yeah, so he's, uh, so he'll be working on that. And what was really crazy, I, this was not planned at all. Um, it's our 20, it's our 15 year anniversary in 2025, but it's the 50th anniversary of Jaws. Right. I was like, Oh my God. God, as soon as I realized that, I was like, Jason, this is next. Like, you're not doing anything else. We have to have this for right. 50th anniversary. So um, so that'll be super fun. Um, and it'll be our first ever OGN. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, how our fans respond to, you know, just buying one big book uh, versus like waiting issue by issue by issue. So it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be another experiment for us. Um, over over our 15 years at that point to have done something different. Um, and uh, it was cool because it was an interesting script because I had to do two things with it. The first was I had to write it for Jaws fans. Right. Because if I'm not putting in the right Easter eggs and nods to to what it is, it'll it'll fall flat for the Jaws fans. But... I also had to write it in a context where if you have not watched the Jaws movies, right. it still works as a story, um, which was kind of weird to do. Um, <laughs> but when people got it, I got people that were like, yeah, I've, I have no idea what these Jaws movies are, but it worked and I'm interested. These characters that you have, I'm interested. Um, and, and so I think I, I think it worked. Um, if you are a Jaws fan, it is a very heavy Jaws 1 and Jaws 2 connect. Mm -hmm. uh, it will have Jaws 3 and Jaws 4 little tidbits as well. But it is a very, very direct 1 and 2 uh, uh, expansion. Um, and I, and, and the, the Jaws fans get it. Like there's a, uh, there's a great splash page where um, our lead character comes onto the beach and there's the big... Uh, tower where Brody, you know, was watching the the thing, and and there's like um, there's just like fanboys there, like taking selfies in the you know in the tower, and uh, people saw that that no Jaws, and they're like, I know what's going on, you know. So it was it was really fun. It's really fun 
Um, and uh, there was a period of time where I was just like watching, I was marathoning these Jaws movies just for days, just absorbing, uh, you know, the tone because each one has its own really it, it does. own yeah. um and uh and because i know i'm using characters from jaws 2 specifically to pull forward um i was really focused on that one and um i just have a book full of just notes just all kinds of crap <laughs> and uh, uh so it's it's it was really really fun to sort of you know dive into that and, and understand that world um more and more and more and then try and extrapolate those characters now 40 years later who are they when they were 18 who are they now 45 years later um and and uh and so that's interesting it's it's really fun and i think that if you love jaws i think you're gonna like it and if you don't know jaws i'm writing it so that you just get a cool shark story right right yeah and so you guys can check that out on the kickstarter go ahead yep. and, and add that in because um, for issue zero and then you'll be set for when uh, 2025 comes around for the 15th anniversary. That's right. That's right. And we've got a comment from Ashley. Ashley is one of our writers. Cool. And Ashley is a horror writer. She's a novelist. So nice. Hey, Ashley. It's great to see you, sweetie. Nice, nice, nice. So thank you. Welcome, welcome, by, welcome. Saying hi. Uh, I'm pretty sure you probably are, are a Jaws fan also, Ashley. So if you've got any questions, <laughs> let Tom know here. Um, so yeah, I love I love talking Jaws. I'm in a Jaws group on Facebook. Uh, those guys are really smart and really clever. Um, <laughs> they do some great memes in there um, and make fun of stuff. Uh, they had one the other day where they had uh, Mayor Vaughn, where he does his spiel about, you know, uh, the beaches are open. Everyone's having a great time. And then um, uh, so the meme was uh, kind of, you know, taking a shot at, at Indiana Jones, you know, uh, Indiana Jones is in theaters. Everyone's having a really good time. Like, oh my God, you guys have no chill. That's uh, that's a little harsh, but you know, reality is reality. Right. Uh, so it's a really fun group, um, and uh, I, I I learn a lot from them because because they're deep in it. Uh, and I'm definitely going to have to make a trip to Martha's Vineyard uh, one of these days. Um, maybe next year because the 50th anniversary is going to be that place is going to be a madhouse oh yeah oh, it's yeah, crazy true. every year for summer visitors but for the 50th anniversary of jaws oh my god i can't even imagine what the what the tourist is you know level is going to be so <laughs> ashley says she hasn't seen it in a while but gotta, so, yeah get back to it get back yeah. to it it's, <laughs> it's nearly perfect nearly perfect um yeah that that is good. That's a lot of fun. Well, I was going to ask if the group grows too much, are they going to need a bigger group? Yeah, we need a bigger group. We for sure need a bigger group. Yes, hundred percent. We need a bigger group. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad you you got my slight bit of cleverness there. Which uh... oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so all right. Well, Tom, anything else you want to talk about going on? Um, I mean, we, we've kind of tapped on all of it. Um, we did. so we, we do a lot of different stuff, right? So we mm -hmm. have, uh, wow. Kaiju Epic. If you like Godzilla stuff, we have Kaiju Epic. If you like historical fiction, we have our Antoinette series yep. based on Marie Antoinette. Um, uh, we have a jungle girl book. Um, 
Gothic Camp Crossover uh, Princesses versus Zombies was our kind of our our, our most recent hit, yeah. uh, which we'll be doing a new series or new issue rather in November November eighteenth this year will be the 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 full sized issue number two, uh, but you can get the first three issues available on the campaign. Um, Penny for Your Soul is our uh, Heaven versus Hell in Las Vegas yeah. book. Um, it's which, which yeah, crazy, by the way. Yeah, it's it's wildly popular. Um, I was fully prepared for Penny for Your Soul to sort of like piss people off, mm -hmm. uh, but it was kind of the opposite effect. In fact, there's a guy who I've I've talked to at a few cons, and he's like, I don't know if he's I don't know what it technically is. He's like a minister, a priest, a pastor, whatever terminology it is. Right. Um, and he would find me at cons, San Diego Comic Con specifically, because he would want to come talk to me about the book because he bought the book and he was reading it and he liked it. And he would want to come talk to me, similar to like with Oz, right? People are like, Tom has read Oz. This guy's like, Tom has read the Bible. Like he, he right, gets what's right. going on and, and he's not offended at all. Like he likes how I'm taking what's there and sort of, you know, twisting it for, for what we need it to be to go forward. Right. So he was really fun to talk to. Um and so we'll be doing Penny for Your Soul in 2025 as well. Uh, it'll be the 15-year anniversary of Penny for Your Soul. So we'll have That's a new awesome. book for that. Um, let's see. What other books do we do? Scheherazade. Um, yep, yep. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, you, we do a lot. You do a lot. You do a lot. You do a lot. You have there's, a lot of creative outlets. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's just, and the, the, the reason that we have so many different things is because I, it's just whatever I feel like doing at the time. Like I, it was really weird how long it took me to figure out to do a kaiju book because right. I am a wild Godzilla fan my entire life. And, um, I didn't get to kaiju epic until it was like year six or so mm -hmm. for me where we finally did kaiju epic. Um, and that was that was cool, and we have more of those planned. Um, That's awesome. My editor, Who Carrie Caster, like you. I mean, yeah, you know. right. Uh, my editor, Carrie Caster, co-writes that book with me, so we do two stories. Uh, I do one, and she does the other. Um, so we'll we'll have more for that. Um, I'm excited about Sand and Scales because I've been a Spartacus fan for so long. Like that That's show awesome. is so great. Yeah. And uh, some again, it's just sort of like the Jaws book. It's like there's just a thing in there, and it's like, oh, I can mm -hmm. do that. And that was so great to write because the the verbiage, the dialogue is so different from, you know, trying to do that that sort of Roman, you know, old school Roman speak. Right. right. So different from anything else. So writing it was really fun. Um, and I, in fact, I've had the the artist that we have uh, doing it. Um, he's doing some uh, some sketch work right now just to kind of get in the vibe because uh, he's going to start doing that book pretty soon for us because that'll be, I think that's going to be our March campaign. So we'll have Critter in January uh, and then March will be Sand and Scales um, and then uh, March and then May will be Goth Day uh, and then July we'll be back to Critter. So um, that's sort of the loose, right? you know, schedule of events for next year to kind of get us started. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we have something for everybody. Probably the only time we ever run into something is like, so what do you like? You know, we got something for you and we hear like, Oh, like cyberpunk. I'm like, okay, go away. Go away. I don't have anything for you. Go away. Um, steampunk you do. You can have steampunk. 
I don't have Cyberpunk. Yeah, Oz, Oz, Oz will fit for your Steampunk fix. <laughs> Especially a little yeah. later on. It, it, yeah, some of that's like, oh, wow, that's really cool Steampunk. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cyberpunk's a little harder. Yeah, I get that. It's, you know, it's just one of those things that doesn't appeal to me. Like, right. you know, it's like the Matrix. Like, I'm, I I don't care. Like, this is, for whatever reason, I don't care. Um and that was kind of with zombies too. Like I am not a zombie fan. Like I do not like walking dead. I don't like most zombie stuff. There's a few things that I liked, um, like zombie land a lot. Right. Um, so there's a few things that I like. but, and so somebody that's where princess versus zombies came about is people kept asking me, well, what would you do? that with zombies? if you don't like any of this stuff, what would you do with zombies? And I was like, I don't know. Cause zombies are terrible. Um, and, and so eventually I was at Baltimore comic-con and somebody asked me again, and I was like, I don't know. And then I went to dinner with uh, Jesse Witchman and some fans of ours, um, and it came up at dinner table. Uh, it was like, people keep asking me what I would do with zombies, and I'm like, it would have to be just something really bizarre and off the wall, like princesses versus zombies. And they all laughed, and I, we all laughed. And, you know, and so then, again, it it just stuck in my head. And so a few months later I, I messaged Jesse and I was like, do you remember that thing that we talked about? The, the dumb thing princess. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, do you want to design characters for that? Like we could, we could design the characters and release them as art prints, right? Like no book, just let's just release these characters in their zombie fighting mode and see what happens. And he was like, I'm game. And so the first one we did was Cindy and we debuted her at like, I think C2E2. Uh, and it was an instant, like, what is that? And well, it's princesses versus zombies. It's a concept we're working on. Where's the book? Well, there is no book. Like, that's it. Like, that's, this is all you get. This is the print. Uh, and then we introduced, this is white next. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing. And then it was like, there's two characters now. Uh, yeah, there's two. Well, where's the book? There's no book. So uh, we dropped three art prints over the course of a year with uh, Cindy, Mrs. White, and Bella Rose. Um, yep. And we knew we had something. Uh, so the following year, we did a little mini campaign. We did a 69-hour campaign for an eight-page preview book of yep. Princesses vs. Zombies. Uh, it was wildly successful for a 69-hour campaign. When the book hit the tables at cons, was wildly successful and i was like god, god damn we we found something um, and so the the following year we did a uh this was 2020 now in the height of covid we put out princesses versus zombies number one yep. and it was our biggest kickstarter campaign ever um so you know sometimes sometimes you just have to follow you know follow that gut instinct and 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 then eventually you have to like listen to what the people are asking right for. they're right. like okay cindy looks awesome but where's the book mrs white looks awesome but where's the book like oh god all right i guess we're doing this then and that's <laughs> and that's what happened <laughs> that's awesome i didn't realize that whole backstory with it yeah with, uh, with doing that that's awesome yeah and then we introduced pocahontas yeah uh and then last year we introduced the the uh the mermaid princess our aerial princess mm -hmm. And now in this book, you have Princess Jasmine uh, as first appearance of Princess Jasmine um, on her own. But that will tie right into what we're going to do in issue two. 
<laughs> come awesome. November. Yeah. So yeah. you've got issue zero, you've had issue one, and issue one and a half, and issue two is coming up. We did a zero, and then a one, yeah, and then a 1. 1.5, because it was, That's it was a yeah. short story, so we right. didn't want to call it a full issue two. And then issue two will be a full-sized yeah. regular issue um, with, with mm -hmm. all of them doing their thing. Well, and somehow I missed the issue 1.5. And when I was at your table, I'm like, crap, you've got a, another one of these out. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm going to buy this too. So, because <laughs> again, yeah, it's, it like, it's such a fun concept that I'm like, I'm not hugely into princesses or zombies, but you put them fighting them. And I'm like, it's, it's peanut butter and chocolate, apparently, right? Exactly. It's like, who knew? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so the the zombie the the uh, spoilers. I got to be careful here. So um, the, uh, the 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 one point five introduces Ariel, and yep. then Ariel has a bit of a cliffhanger uh, yep. at the end of her story. So we find out what happens there, um, and then of course the crew ends up finding uh, uh, Jasmine. Um, which which Mars Fung did her cover, which is so great because I, I was really struggling with what to do because I didn't want to just be like, well, we'll just have her kill a zombie or whatever. I'm like, yeah, we, you know, again, I don't want to just keep doing the same thing. Right. So I kept trying to think like, you know, she's got the carpet, the rug, like the flying carpet. Like, how do we do a flying carpet in 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 what is essentially the real world? Right. Uh, and and I was really struggling with it. I was going to have it like draped over the top of her van so she could sit on top of it. I'm like, yeah, we've already been on top of cars. Um, yes. and then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if we have her tie the rug, the carpet into a tree, like a hammock so that the zombies are like, can't get her cause she's up in the air, you know, right. like she's flying, but it's just tied into the branches of the tree. And, uh, and Mars was like, oh, that's amazing. And and she did a fantastic job and it's a beautiful cover. And it's the perspective is so great because there's all these zombies underneath her, like trying to reach up. Um, and so it just, yeah, it was, it was great. It really came out good. Uh, so I'm, I'm super, super happy with those. You know, when you have, sometimes when you have these concepts, it's like, I don't know if these concepts are going to make it work, right. whatever. Um, that one worked, that one hundred percent worked. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy. That's awesome, Tom. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap up because we've been going for an hour and a half. And, yeah. and I told you it'd probably be an hour and a half. So Absolutely. That we hit about uh, right what I thought we'd probably be at. Um, as, as we like to end this our, our show, we're going to shout out some people that also have other cool shows that are local to the, the Springfield area for us. That way mm -hmm. we can uh, give our friends some, some do there. Um, and, and you know, let me throw this up here. There's the Kickstarter, guys. You can't click on that there, but you can click on the link below. But if you go to, um, if you type in Kickstarter and Big Dog Inc., it'll pop up right away. Even if you just type in Big Dog Inc. on Google, it came up the first thing for me. So check that out and, and make sure to go over and, and check out um, the awesome Kickstarter and, and uh, buy some cool stuff because there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, we, we do have some friends we like to talk about. We've got our friends, Keith and Gary, Keith, um, Keith, Keith is, uh, one of our friends that comes on our show quite a bit and pop culture minefield is 
tuned up on Facebook with a radio station. So they are, they're going live and talking all sorts of cool stuff. They've got shows on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday that you guys can check out. Um, do know that they're a little less family friendly than we are. So if you've got little kids, be, be cautious. Uh, we've got our friends, the Nerd Informants, and uh, Josh and, and Tim. Those are great guys. They do a lot of our movie. They do a lot of movie reviews and talking to people. They do a lot of cool interviews. So you guys can check them out. Uh, as I like to call them, there are um, there are. Uh, oh my! I hate when I do that. When I'm talking along, my brain just shuts down. Anyway, they're they're awesome. Check them out. They also have a Facebook page called Nerd Informers Beyond, where people can post all sorts of geeky, nerdy stuff there. Um, We've got our friends, the OzPod gals, over with the Oz OzCon in uh, West Plains, Missouri. And uh, these two gals are amazing. Do some cool stuff over there on Facebook. We've got our partner in crime, the Scallywag Productions. Um, Spoo over at Scallywag has a ton of cool stuff on YouTube. He also has a toy of the day that he does on Instagram and is all over everywhere, including Twitter and uh, and uh, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, geekycool.com for those of you that are watching or listening. Uh, that's cool with a K, like cool in the game for those of us that are a little older that would know who that is. If you don't, it's just a K instead of a C. So check us out. Tom is over all over the social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and we will post links to all of the social media down below for you guys. I don't have it there yet, but we'll get that down below. Check out his Kickstarter. Um, Kickstarter's going into what date? Uh, we end the 7th. The 7th. 7th August, August 7th. So yeah. You guys have a little bit of time, but don't waste that time. Go add your stuff now so you can make Tom sweat on what the next uh, next things he's going to have to add, to next prizes he's going to give you for getting those stretch goals. So. Do that, make them sweat, and, and make this Kickstarter amazing for their 13th uh, anniversary here. Um, thank you, Tom, for joining us. I appreciate it, man. Always wonderful to talk to you. I think you're so cool. So uh, as, as a guy who always wanted to be a comic book writer but never ended up doing it, I, I look up to that. because I mean, I wrote, I wrote Marvel when I was like 13 and said, how do I become a writer? And so... Uh, that, that's something that uh, I, I envy that you went ahead and did that. That's really cool. And uh, so I, I just think that's awesome. So well, I, I appreciate it. Yep, I appreciate yeah. it. And, and <laughs> thanks for having me on the show. It was a good time. Tom, anytime, anything, anytime you want to talk about anything, just give me a holler. We will bring you on because you're a wonderful guest. You're a wonderful guy. You're a great writer along with that. So always enjoy you, my friend. So thank you. Have a great evening, and uh, for everybody out there, stay geeky, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks again, Tom. 